Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, House Bill 728 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop House Bill 728. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. All right, what's up? Good morning, Mike in the morning. As part of the sports coverage here on Super Talk Mississippi, always glad that you are with me. And a couple of things for you today. Number one, uh, there was some midweek baseball last night. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Southern Miss all in action. It was actually four Mississippi teams going at it. So Mississippi State and Southern Miss met uh, in Pearl at the baseball stadium there, Trustmark Park, and Ole Miss and Jackson State played in Oxford Last night, Ole Miss and Mississippi State both won their games, but I've got two problems with uh, what happened last night. And also, uh, you've got players that are going to the combine. Uh, that's always fun this time of year. So after I'm done talking about the baseball wins, uh, I'll tell you who got invited to the combine from Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Southern Miss. First, a couple of things. Number one, the YouTube page is live. Search Michael Borky, my name. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. A bunch of you guys did that yesterday. I very much appreciate you doing that. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, I will do this on there every morning. So this stream will go live on YouTube every morning. Also, uh, eventually I'll get to original content and stuff from the radio shows as well will all be uploaded on the YouTube channel. Also follow me on Twitter at Michael Borky. Subscribe to the podcast. This does get uploaded in podcast form. Search Mike in the morning or my name. Depending on your platform, you'll be able to find it. Hit that subscribe button. Thank you for listening. Always glad you're with me. And if you're listening on the podcast, this is live every morning on the Sports Talk Mississippi social channels or my own. So really glad you're with me. And uh, let's jump right into it. I'm a little late this morning. Wayne, good. uh, You say good afternoon, but yeah, I know I'm late. I'm a little late this morning. Um, Had to vacuum. We have two dogs that just shed like crazy. I mean, anyway. So two problems with the baseball wins last night. Number one, I'll start with Mississippi State. They get a win over Southern Miss last night. It was 4-1. Four, four to one. Mississippi State had nine hits. Southern Miss had four errors on the night. But the story of the game is apparently the pitching staff for Mississippi State. So Harding, Johnson, Tuller, and Simmons, just excellent. That's a really good Southern Miss team that they held to one run. That's just a very, very nice midweek game. You had four players with two hits also. So Cumbus, the dual sport athlete, uh, you had Tanner uh, Logan Tanner. I said Tanner Logan. You've got Logan Tanner and Tanner Allen, uh, both with two hits, and Scotty DeBrule also had two hits. So really, really good midweek win. There was a good crowd. They opened up some tickets. Uh, I know after the uh, the governor changed uh, the mandates and all that stuff, they opened up like 1,500 more tickets and sold all of those immediately but there's one problem with that game and that win for Mississippi State last night you couldn't watch it I I mean at this point I I ranted about this on the radio show yesterday but I know there's some there's not some crossover listeners and you, you may have missed it so forgive me if you've seen or heard this before but you couldn't watch it last night and this shouldn't happen I mean in 2021 
two, one, a program from the SEC who every home game gets put on the SEC network or SEC network plus or whatever. You can watch every single home SEC baseball game. And then Southern Miss is really dedicated to baseball, obviously. They always have top 20 crowds every year. It's a very good program. Scott Barry's a great coach. All good. But last night, not being able to watch that game is inexcusable. The only time, unless you were there, the only time you actually got to see what was going on is when Joel Coleman pulled up a periscope when his internet allowed him to for a couple minutes every so often last night. That is that, that shouldn't happen. That's inexcusable in 2021. So to put this stream on, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't invest a whole lot of money in part because I don't really have a whole lot of money into this stream. I have the webcam that you're watching this on right now is the cheapest webcam I could find. It was like $15.99 on Amazon. So the picture is not perfect. It's not bad. It's good enough. You guys see me clearly. This is about all me you probably want to see anyway. But this cost about 20 bucks, you know, $15.99, whatever. The software that I'm using to go on all the social channels is like $12 a month, something like that. Um, not ideal, but it gets the job done. This microphone is a cheap, uh, effective, not bad, but very cheap microphone. My setup in here did not cost $100 total. Didn't cost 100 bucks, And yet I can live stream to you every single day. How is it possible that last night an SEC team in a minor league park hosting a really good program in a Conference USA team, we could not get video of that game. That that in today's age with today's technology, I know, and it's not really the school's fault. I'm sure there's like contracts and stuff that made it difficult, but there's no excuse to not have every college baseball game, especially one with these two programs, should not be accessed via video in some way. That is, I mean, there's no reason that that should be the case at all. And I, I'm sure a lot of you loved uh, the nostalgia of just listening to the game on the radio, but and that's great. Don't get me wrong. I love our radio guys here. I mean, they do an excellent job, but it's 2021 now. I'm streaming to you guys via webcam and software. That costs nothing to do. This goes on YouTube and Periscope. I can put it on Facebook. I, I, it is on Facebook. I can put it on Twitter. I can stream it to every, any video destination. Twitch, this can go on Twitch. I can put this anywhere. And I invested less than $100 on this thing. And you're telling me that an SEC team, a top five SEC team, playing a game against a really good program in Southern Miss at a minor league park, and we can't get video? Give me a break. I mean, that should never happen. So all I can go by is the box score. That's all I can watch. Or all I can – so I can't give you, like, hardcore analysis on, you know, how – um, Harding actually looked. I, I can't tell you if uh, Simmons at the end of the game had great stuff to close the game out. I have no idea. All I have is a box score. I know that uh, Harding gave up one run to Southern Miss in five innings and just two hits. That, I mean, it's a great outing against Southern Miss, but I can't tell you how he did it. I have no idea. He could have thrown underhand for all I know, and I wouldn't be able to tell you that that actually happened. So it's just frustrating as can be. I mean, I really wanted to watch that game last night. 
And it's a high-profile game in this state, on top of the fact that Mississippi State is ranked in the top five. It's just crazy to me. Every, I mean, high schools put on broadcasts that you can stream and watch of baseball games. High schools do that. And you're telling me we couldn't work something out to where we got Mississippi State and Southern Miss somewhere last night? You're telling me that can't happen? Give me a break. Uh, give me a break. Uh, but a really nice win uh, for Mississippi State. Southern Miss is a good team. I mean, you guys know this. It's a good program. It's a good team. They just beat UConn uh, in a series this past weekend. That's a nice win. Um, I just wish I could tell you how it happened. I, I don't know how it happened. I wish I could tell you how. I have no idea. And in 2021, that is just simply inexcusable. Just simply inexcusable. On the old Miss side of things, this is more like actual baseball. Uh, complaint that I have last night. Um, so Ole Miss got their second midweek win of the week. Uh, they beat Memphis pretty bad two nights ago. They beat Jackson State 12-1 to in just seven innings last night. Um, so it's good for that team to get a reset, you know, after really struggling offensively against UCF. And mostly their biggest problem was swinging and missing at ball four. I mean, the amount of times they gave UCF a pass by swinging and missing at ball four. I think it was like eight times, Chase Parham said, uh, which is just astronomical. I mean, that's the difference in winning and losing a series. And uh, so they didn't do that last night. They didn't do it against Memphis. So it's nice for them to reset, get humbled a little bit. They got punched in the mouth uh, by UCF, and they get to come back and kind of beat up on two teams that they're better than in Memphis and Jackson State. Tim Elko had another uh, tank bomb last night, so that's good for him. But I can't help but wonder if that was a waste of time. And, and here's what I mean by that. First of all, Jackson State could not throw strikes. Uh, I think there was one point in the game where Ole Miss had four runs on one hit. Let me see if I can get the uh, the scoring up. Um, I'm not going to read through all that, but Jackson State just – Gave Ole Miss free. Ole Miss had seven hits uh, last night and scored 12 runs on seven hits. Jackson State pitching had three, six, nine, ten walks in the game. They couldn't throw strikes. Ten walks in the game and seven innings. And they had a guy at one point that was throwing pitches that registered in the 50s, had a 70 mile an hour fastball. Um, that's what I'm talking about, really, is I can't help but wonder if if that's kind of a waste of time. And I understand why you play these games against these lesser opponents. I mean, you help these programs out. Um, you also just need to get wins on your schedule, especially being from Mississippi. You want to help out your your lower-level Mississippi schools, so I get kind of why this happens. But I wish I could sit down uh, Mike Bianco and Chris Limonis uh, with some true serum and ask them, what are your real thoughts about playing games like this? What do you what do you actually think about having your team that plays in the SEC where they're going to see a bunch of guys that are headed towards the major leagues on the mound? What do you think when you're playing an opponent that trots out a guy that's throwing a 71-mile-an-hour fastball and a 52-mile-an-hour curveball? I mean, honestly, does that help your team at all? Does that get you guys any better? So that's what I'm wondering. That's my problem with games like that last night is, did anybody get any better last night? I mean, did Ole Miss really improve between this time yesterday and this time today? Did they get better? 
because, I mean, maybe just winning helps, right? But they saw pitching that they'll never see again. They saw pitching that could not get the ball over the over the plate, couldn't throw strikes, and the stuff was unlike anything they'll see and not in a good way for the rest of the year. I feel like that's just a big waste of everybody's time. And I don't know what the solution is because you want to play in-state schools and you want to help them out. But I wish that I could sit Mike Bianco and Chris Limonis and, and Scott Berry down and and just ask, what do you accomplish by playing games like this? Like, like really, after last night, did this help anything at all? I don't know. I just uh, watching that. I felt like I was wasting my own time watching that game. Uh, those are two teams that really just don't belong on the uh, on the field together. And we saw that last night. So that is uh, that's my one complaint about the Ole Miss game is they, they had to face a guy that was thrown in the fifties. Now, now, what is that accomplishing? They see better stuff in batting practice. Um, they just do. And so I wonder, uh, I just wonder if they actually accomplished anything. But anyway, all right. So that's uh, thoughts on baseball. So Mississippi State, uh, nice win. I can't believe I couldn't watch it and you couldn't watch it. Doesn't make any sense at all. And my other problem with the games last night is Ole Miss facing pitching that doesn't help them at all. And you could see it made them uncomfortable a little bit. I've heard from some people the last couple of days saying that you know, SEC schools should sign like one guy, a, a junk balling lefty that, you know, throws in the lower 70s and has like this weird like curveball, but it's not really a curveball because it like spins the opposite way. I mean, something weird, bizarre like that. No, once schools would adjust to stuff like that, they'd mash kids like that. Um, y- you wouldn't want to take that risk. Uh, it- it's funny because Ole Miss struggled a little bit with it last night for a little while and then they started catching up to it and suddenly um, they started hitting him in Jackson State, had to pull him. I don't know. I just That's funny because it does give the higher-level program some fits, but no, you don't want to sign guys like that because teams will adjust and they'll just get mashed. Um, But, yeah, that's my complaint is I I think that they wasted everybody's time uh, last night with that. I don't think the team got any better playing in a game like that, but that's, uh, that's just me. All right, quick turn the page here uh, before I get to a couple of your uh, your comments here. Uh, by the way, if you want to be a part of this, Twitter's doing a a switch. So they're getting rid of Periscope soon. I think it's like in a couple days. I know it's this month. They're getting rid of Periscope in favor of just a Twitter Live. And it will be easier for you to comment right now. You have to like pull up the feed and and hit like accept or something. It doesn't change any setting at all. It just allows you to comment. So if you want to give your thoughts, I'd love to have them, number one. But two, that's all you have to do. It just allow Periscope to access your Twitter. It does nothing other than lets you comment. But that should be over soon anyway because we are going, we're transitioning from Periscope to Twitter Live. That's something that's happening uh, here very soon. Uh, I don't know exactly when. I know it's this month. And so it should be easier for you to, to watch and listen and comment and all that stuff whenever that happens. It's definitely this month. Uh, but before I get to to a couple of those anyway, uh, you had seven players from Mississippi Colleges invited to the Combine. 
those are from Southern Miss, Tim Jones, from Mississippi State, Kylan Hill, Marquis Spencer, and Errol Thompson, and from Ole Miss, Elijah Moore, Rice Newman, and Kenny Yoboa. Now, I know it was weird with uh, Kylan Hill towards the end of uh, everything, but I have a feeling that teams are going to look up, especially after the combine. I have a feeling that teams are going to look up or, or fans are going to look up a couple of years from now and think, wait, where the hell did he come from? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it's just, I mean, he was the SEC's leading rusher, but he was on a kind of a bad team. And then his last season in college, she, I mean, wasn't really around. And Mike Leach is not known for running backs anyway. So people are going to, I, I'm like in a couple years, very soon are going to look up and Kylan Hill is going to do something great in the NFL. And they're, people are going to pull out their phone and Google Kylan Hill and think, wait, that guy played for, for Mike Leach? How did that happen? Uh, I, I think that he is a guy. Here I am channeling my inner Chris Collinsworth. Uh, he's a guy that um, can end up being a great pro. Um, there's questions uh, that are going to have to be asked. I mean, when they have these combine interviews, you guys have heard stories in the past about players um, getting asked pretty, at times, pretty disgusting questions about their personal life or their parents in some cases or stuff like that. It's kind of a pressure cooker. Uh, we had a guy that works for the Houston Texans on the radio show describe to us a, a meeting that they had with a guy at the combine. And this is a guy that opted out of a bowl game. And they had him in this room. And this is just the NFL's team thinking here. So I know there are people that cover college football that think that bowl games don't matter and NFL teams don't care. Well, this was before the Texans became incompetent. This is years ago. Um, but they had a, a prospect in these combine in one of the combine meetings, and he had opted out of the bowl game. They wanted to ask him about it, but they asked him in a certain way. They said, what is your best quality as a teammate? Or what, what do you think your best quality is? What's the best thing you have to offer? And, and the player responded, well, I think I'm a great teammate. You know, I'm always there for my guys. I, that's what I value the most is being a good teammate and stuff like that. And apparently the team jumped down his throat. I mean, how can you claim that you're a good teammate when you quit on your guys? They had a game left and you weren't there. How are you a good teammate when you weren't there for your guys? I mean, that was a real thing. They kind of jumped down this kid's throat. And apparently he was so far taken aback that he like, he couldn't answer the next question because he was so shocked that the team so aggressively kind of went after him like that. And Kylan Hill's going to get those questions as well. He's going to have these meetings and they're going to say, what happened? Why did you not play the rest of your last season? Why did you quit? He will get those questions. So he's got to be prepared to answer them. But if he answers them adequately, he's going to be a mid-round steal. From somebody, he's not going to the first because running backs just don't go in the first round anymore. I mean, Travis Etienne might not get picked in the first round, so that just doesn't happen really anymore. It's it's quite rare. Um, so I don't think he's going that early, but somebody in third round, maybe fourth round, if he's still available, is going to get a steal as long as he's able to answer those questions adequately. Um, I know there was there was some hope that Errol Thompson would return for his uh, his additional season, but uh, uh, I think he has all the makings of being a really good NFL linebacker. He's a great player and a good dude, so I'm, I'm rooting for him. Uh, on the Ole Miss side of things, um, I'm fascinated to see how NFL teams handle Kenny Yaboa because he's very clearly a capable pass-catching tight end. 
Uh, he is very clearly a, a mismatch, especially if you have to guard him with linebackers, even in the NFL. Um, he's athletic enough to where he can make plays in that league in the pass game, but can he block? The back half of the season for Yaboa at Ole Miss, I thought, is something that was a big red flag or would be a big red flag for me if I was an NFL team because the physicality, at least he didn't. If it's there, he didn't show it at all. I mean, I thought to be a tight end in the NFL, you've got to be able to do both. You either have to be elite, I mean elite, at catching the football and route running and stuff like that. You have to be the best of the best, or you have to be physical and also be an effective blocker. And I did not see that. The physicality was just not there in the second half of the season last year. So I don't know. I mean, he could, he can obviously improve himself with a good combine performance and stuff like that, but if I were an NFL team, that's not an early round selection for me at all. Um, I want a tight end that will be physical, that can block, and he didn't show that ability at all. Maybe it was just a lack of desire, but whatever it was, uh, just wasn't there. And then Elijah Moore, um, the guy that opted out, you know, didn't play against LSU, didn't play in the bowl game. Where does he project? What does it look like for him? And I think. With Elijah Moore, I mean, there are some draft boards, some mock drafts that have him sneaking up, you know, into the first round, late first round. There are some that have him in the second, some that I've seen even had him like going in the third round. Elijah Moore is a unique case because while I think NFL teams will over uh, overanalyze his size uh, because his route running, his ability to cut his yards after the catch, his hands are all at an elite level. Uh, teams will look at his size and just say, no, thanks while completely ignoring all of the quality, high-level wide receivers in the NFL that are undersized, um, he'll get some of that. I think Elijah Moore and where he gets picked is all going to come down to fit. It's not He's not a, a player where if he's there, you just take him, unless you're the Saints with Patrick Queen, which is a guy that I wish they would have taken last year. Um, he's not like that. It's It's a fit thing more so than a – He's there, you just got to take him. There's a certain number of teams that could use a guy like him or would be willing to ignore the size to use a guy like him, which I think is why you're seeing such discrepancy in first-round grade or third-round grade. Um, Not just because of the Ole Miss connection. I think there would be, in Seattle, if they're able to keep Russell Wilson, if they don't trade Russell Wilson, having Wilson with the deep threat of DK Metcalf and then the slot punisher like Elijah Moore would be a really potent passing offense. I think that would be a great natural fit with DK and Elijah Moore. I'd love the Saints to pick him because I think uh, if, depending on how everything works out, I think he'd be a great complement receiver in an offense that loves the short passing game and the screens and stuff like that. He'd be great in a system like that. It just depends on what team is willing to overlook the size to take what is a great player. Um, so a good combine performance for him. Uh, I don't know how much that would change because it's simply more of just a fit uh, than uh, it is anything else. But um, something to keep an eye on. That's the beauty of the NFL is there is always something. Always. Or I mean, right now, we, and I'll spend more time on this tomorrow. I'm going to kind of lay out uh, Dak Prescott scenarios. Uh, I saw uh, this morning people arguing that uh, the Cowboys should uh, franchise tag him again which I think is insane. You either have to 
move on from him or sign him now. Tagging him twice guarantees he won't be your quarterback moving forward, at least in my opinion. You can't tag him twice. Um, But I'll talk a a lot about that tomorrow, kind of where everything stands in quarterbacks in the NFL and stuff like that. But right now, that's the story, right? Dak Prescott, his contract, is he going to stay with the Cowboys? What's going to happen with with Russell Wilson? Are uh, the Saints going to enter the fold? Are the Cowboys going to try to make a run at him? What about the Bears? And then who's drafting these quarterbacks? And then here comes the combine. I mean, it's they are always, always, always in the news. And um, anyway, so the the combine will give you something else, uh, something else to watch as it comes up. So the combine will be a little bit different this year. It's not going to be Rich Eisen and all those guys. Are we back? Okay. I think I'm back at least audio form. Um, I've got to, what the heck happened there? I think we're back. I don't know what the heck's going on here, guys. I don't know what to do. <laughs> so I guess uh, I guess you guys are stuck with uh, just audio for the rest of this. I don't know what the heck happened there. There we go. Uh, different camera. Wrong angle. This is my laptop camera. All right, guys. I don't know what the heck happened. So I guess I'm going to hang it up. This stinks. Uh, this really stinks. So I'll figure out what the heck just happened here. I, I like the uh, the circle with the the thing, though. That's that's really That's really helpful for sure. Um, I guess it's what I get for, for buying a really cheap, Hey, there I am again at a different angle, really bad angle though. All right. That's better. What the heck was that? Hey, jokes on me for talking about not being able to watch a broadcast and then using my equipment as an example. That's what happens. Yikes. What a disaster. Sorry for those of you that listen to that on uh, on podcast form. Hopefully I'll edit that out. Um, don't let me forget. But anyway, yeah, the combine is going to look a little bit different. Um, they'll be in like different locations. They're not bringing everybody to one place. It's going to be kind of scattered all over the place, but still something for you to watch. And those are the seven guys from Mississippi that are participating in the combine this year. So I'm going to try to figure out why the heck everything just failed randomly on me. And uh, until tomorrow, uh, when I, I'm going to talk quarterbacks. I mean, that's the story right now. It's um, it's Dak Prescott. It's the Cowboys. It's the Saints. It's Jameis. It's Russell Wilson. I'm going to open more of that tomorrow because I think that conversation is not going anywhere, uh, and it won't go anywhere until the Cowboys uh, decide to invest in their future. But he's asking for uh, – I mean – over $40 million, and if you're Dallas, can you give him that? Those are just – those are questions that um, Jerry Jones needs to answer, and until he answers, we're just going to talk about it over and over and over again until we're blue in the face. I love this stuff, though. So looking forward to that tomorrow. Sorry about the the technology failing on you like that, but I'm sure that was fun to see my face in a different position. Um, I considered just going with that view, but uh, – as you guys can see, probably not the best option for me. So anyway, y'all have a great rest of your day. I'll try to figure out what the heck happened in here. And uh, until tomorrow, y'all have a great day. We'll talk quarterbacks. We'll talk Dak Prescott. We'll talk the Saints. And uh, look at the baseball weekend upcoming and also basketball. Mississippi State got a win last night. Didn't even mention that today, but that team is playing better lately. 
And, um, I mean, maybe there's a shot at the NIT if they keep this up. So, y'all have a great rest of your day, and uh, I'll talk to you again tomorrow at 8. Mississippi Media Production.